Hey everyone, welcome to the One Up Cast, the only 30 minute podcast that lasts an hour. This is a show where we'll look back at old video games and compare what we thought then to the way things are now. My name's Kieran, aka Harry Atomic, and I'll be joined each week by the one, the only, the face of Firmus Gas, Martinez's main man, Mr. Daniel Ferry. Back at it once again. Once again, we're back at it. Just ready to rock. I'm, I'm feeling good about this one. I'm feeling really good. We're getting on the modern stuff I- now, you see. Oh, we're we're we're, te- we're getting there. We're teasing the 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 main the main course is coming now. The main course is almost oh, ready. I know. Um, I I fear this slightly because I know your love for PlayStation. <laughs> it's it's strong, brother. It's, it's strong. Deep. Like if so, if someone said to me, you know, what are you biggest fanboy of? I probably would say Nintendo because I do have the biggest softest spot for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But like primarily, my gaming is. PlayStation, PlayStation. Speaking of which, completely off subject, but you brought up PlayStation. Well, I kind of brought up. Yes. But um, did you see Spider-Man on the PS4 in three days sold 3.3 million copies? That is mad numbers. And I'm so happy because I love hero games. I don't know what it is. I think it's the the child on me that just wants to love that hero dream. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it makes me feel good. I think about all the heroes too. People might completely disagree with me on this, but I think Spider Man's kind of the underdog of all the heroes. He is, but that's why but I he, like him. But I think that that's his appeal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But no, you are right. I think yeah. that that's it. He is that kind of you know wet behind the ears type of hero. Doesn't really know yeah, what's going on. He's new to it all. The the rookie. Um, exactly. To put that into financial, uh, you know, in American dollars, in mm. three days it made one hundred and ninety eight million dollars. Jesus. To put that into perspective, Spider-Man Homecoming in a month made $118 million. So there we are. We're at the point now where who would have thought it? A video game is taking more in an opening weekend than a Marvel movie. That's mad. And Marvel movies, are, are they have licenses. They print money now. Mind blown. Speaking of which, licenses are <clears throat> mind blown. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't watched Harry's video this week on free sixty games that are no longer about here and you should put the, uh, I, the link to it I, below. I will I will pop a link and plug away at it like mad but my god <laughs> uh, I am having some it of my blew my mind it blew my mind watching that video that I never knew and maybe I'm just being an idiot here that games licenses could expire and that means that basically the game disappears. Yep. That's insane. I mean so basically <clears throat> Mr. Joe Bloggs goes up to Mr. Marvel and goes, I want to make a game for you. And they exchange money and they shake hands. And <clears throat> that game could be around for two years and then it's gone forever. Yep. That's and insane. The weird it's thing insane. about it is, is that when I was researching for that video, that yeah. I only picked five. Like, there's tons. There's loads. Yeah. Uh, I just picked five that I uh, that I liked. You know, they weren't the best five or the most popular five or just five I enjoyed. But yeah. and we'll 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 not discuss number one. We'll let people watch the video. But number one blew my mind. I was like, "Oh my god, are you fucking serious?" Yes, uh, it's, it's. I you couldn't believe that. Yeah. So and watch it is the video me it's it's killing it, me it's, because I want to play it again and it's just it's annoying me. But yeah, I'll not say what it is. Like, feel free to watch the video yeah. and find out what number one is. And well, in fact, so much so after watching that video, I pulled out my PS3 and 
just to check if I still had it. I do. So oh, don't, I will play don't, it. because I want your fucking login now. Because I'm, <laughs> you do not understand how many cables and wires I have connected to my TV in the living room trying to emulate an Xbox so that I can play that game just for one night. Like, well, oh, I believe I, you're coming. I, I believe you're coming to Derry sometime soon. There could yeah. be a date where we could play that title. Oh, my PC oh. has crashed left, right, and center trying to get this to run. But oh, uh, but yeah. Uh, all that aside, it it is mad how licenses can expire on games. That it it just because again, I just wanted to play a game and went on, and it wasn't there. And I was like, where is it? What happened? And once I once I scratched the surface, it was just fucking. It was crazy. It's all these games that are just gone. This makes me wonder about this N64 money will ever happen because of licensing issues. I mean, Nintendo could just bring out like all their first party stuff on it, but the likes of GoldenEye and you know Donkey Kong and stuff like that. I mean, see, we're lucky in because that, of licenses. We're lucky in that, like, if if a physical version has been made of something, then like the physical version will always exist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like things like GoldenEye and all that stuff, like we're lucky that that'll always be around. But, yeah. uh, you know, in some way, shape, or form. But it's just whenever a game is fully digital, it can just yeah. it can just go away. Do you know what I mean? And then all you have is it just sitting on people's hard drives, but you can't really transfer it or, do you know what I mean, or back it up yeah. or anything like that. But then this way you get on the modern communities and all that stuff as well and sort of, like, game preservation. And it's mad thinking yeah. about it. But you're on about N64 money. There was about a, a bit of... Uh, about a competition announced for Nintendo Classic Systems this week. Yes, there was. And oh How my do you feel goodness. about that announcement? The the PlayStation Classic. I am I am actually over the moon. I I looked at it and I watched the wee you know the wee video that they made, and it was all oh, cute, yeah. oh, cute yeah. looking, and they had the bit that was like. Uh, like the reset button or the disc open like the tray button like they open the disc tray yeah. like swaps the virtual disc and all and oh it's brilliant yeah oh, it's great I wonder if I wonder if they'll uh, if if you know the 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 smarter people amongst the internet will figure out ways of dumping ROMs on it and you know well, giving it you the... just know that's, that's that's a fact um but I wonder like I'm not a marketing manager or director or anything but. They they say it's coming to what twenty games, hmm. and it's, it's so strange that they didn't announce all twenty. I mean, maybe again because of licensing, they're trying to in the middle of negotiating, getting things on us. Well, you see, um, the whole licensing thing was the reason why that. Um, <coughs> no, I can't remember like the, the link for this earning, but it's the whole reason why that the uh, the NES Classic was so like not available at the start. Was because yeah. there was third party games on there that gave Nintendo a license to only sell like X amount of copies, which meant they could only make X amount of units. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't want to pay for a license for like millions of units if you're not going to sell millions of units because then you're just paying money. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's part of that reason as well. But yeah, I mean, I wonder if they've even got confirmed the twenty games for it, or if, as you say, there's you know handshakes going on in boardrooms. Uh, it could be handshakes in the background. Top of my head, you probably be able to chip on here. The five that are confirmed is Tekken Free, Final Fantasy Seven, Wild Arms, which I've never played. It's an RPG. Mm. Uh, Red Racer, and there was one more. I, I can't keep, even recall. I can't, I can't remember the other one. Um, but uh, my my guessing, and I again, I can completely wrong. Um, they're going to put in games that define that 
um, which we've talked about previously in all our podcasts. If you haven't listened to it, listen to the PlayStation podcast episode. Mm-hmm. They have to put Tomb Raider on there. They yeah. have to put Crash Bandicoot on there. And well, they have to put on Resident Evil. You see, this is the thing I'm thinking about. <coughs> is that... Hmm, Street Fighter was on the SNES Classic, wasn't it? It was right. Street Fighter. Right. On one, one of the it Street was, Fighters. Yes, it was Street, Fighter, Street Fighter 2, yeah. Street Fighter 2. So Capcom are licensing games out for these things. So we could assume that mm-hmm. we could assume then that, that Capcom will probably license a few games. Konami are only happy to license games because they're they don't fucking make games anymore. Um they're, they're done really. Crash I could see Crash going on it. I mean they're they're currently trying to sell that you know the Crash remaster. Yeah. And so, do they really want to compete with themselves, or could they be convinced that you know buying the PlayStation Classic will upsell it? I know loads of games I would love to see on it. I do think you're right about Tomb Raider though, because IDOS made Tomb Raider, but they got bought yeah. by Square Enix, and Square Enix are already licensed in Final Fantasy VII. Exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, you know, they're already being they're already putting one game on. They may as well put other ones on. I wouldn't mind seeing Spyro. I wouldn't mind seeing Medieval. But what a game, yeah. Uh, Metal Gear. I don't think you'll see Spyro. I don't think you'll see Spyro. Yeah, the remaster's too the, close. The remaster. Um, Konami <laughs> could uh, license Metal Gear. I, that's true. Metal Gear has to go on it, really. Mm. I don't know. That's kind of defined. I would love something of the, of the night, Castlevania. Oh. But Come on, Konami. I can't see it it's I know. Too, it's, too, it's too golden, isn't it? It's too much of a gem. Um. I'd love to see a wee demo disc on it. <laughs> oh, just imagine that. Imagine there was a wee demo. It was just for no fucking reason. Even if they put a demo disc of the games that are on the system so that you could have like a wee like a wee play at the mall to see which one that you want to sync like 40 fucking hours, Andy. Do you know what I mean? That'd be pretty uh, cool, actually. Just a wee demo disc. And what about Croc? Do you reckon we'll see Croc? Just stick Croc on it too. Just for just for shits and giggles. Let's just throw Croc on Croc it. Croc is bound to be rare as in terms of like if you were looking to buy it on eBay it's bound to be a rare game now. I don't I think that sold pretty well. They're all checking see like availability but in fact I think I saw a copy of it not too long ago. It's 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 I it's, it's cheap as chips. You could buy it for like a fiver. Well, is it? Hmm. There you go. <laughs> in fact, me, just as well, I don't go on the Antiques Roadshow, but uh-huh. still, good day, good sir. This is limited edition of Croc. Yeah, and the best um, thing is, is that the uh, the the PlayStation uh, in 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 CEX, the black label one is selling for less money than the platinum one. Ah, right. Okay. There you go. For some reason, but I yeah. always hated uh, getting platinum covers. You know, I always hated it. <sighs> I, I don't know why. I don't know uh, why. It, 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 it irks me too. Like, I don't like that silver. I don't know. I just don't like it. It just looks too. I think it's because I knew it was cheap. I, it was the budget <laughs> release, you know what I mean? That was it. Uh, you know, yeah, in America, you... they were green. Well, no. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they were and green. Called, they weren't called platinum then, were they? No, they, uh, what was it they were called? Uh, they sang Evergreen? They, evergreen. Evergreen. Well, that, see, that would have <laughs> freaking worked. Um, that would have worked but I think they were just called like classics or something I can't remember if anybody's <laughs> from like America is listening like let us know but I think it, oh no sorry I do know and I'm gonna I'm gonna burst my own bubble um, I think it was called uh, Essentials no that was the that was the PSP one I don't know let let us know let us know what it was called I don't, I don't think it was called Platinum in America 
But yeah, it was green and it was terrible looking. But it's all right because ours was silver and it was terrible looking. So, there, someone let us know, please, in the comments below. So, before we get into the crux of the podcast, Karen, as we normally do, we like to swerve around the road. I'm going to sit back uh, now and get comfy for my <laughs> weekly fairy tale. Oh. Put the kettle on. Oh, I don't know if... Uh, boil the kettle, get this the biscuits. This is going to be a long, multi-road, multi-journey. So, bear with me, folks. I love Strap it. Strap on. So... We'll talk about something weird that's happening with my Twitter today. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, I actually tweeted about it earlier. So, you know, Twitter usually works. You know, you get you do the odd tweet. The odd person would like give it a like or a retweet and follow you back. Mm. Uh, like by a time of recording, let me double check. I have 129 followers and 186 people I am following. Mm. Uh, now I've had Twitter for about four years so that 129 people has been well earned believe me you (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you know you get the odd one or two or three people uh, following you every so often today at about one o'clock four people followed me which is unheard of in one day so I actually tweeted about it saying you know no, not that I'm complaining, but, you know, this is a personal record for me. Thanks very much. And we kiss emoji. Mm-hmm. As at half 12, at the time of recording now at 7 p.m., I'm up to 10. There you go. Right. So 10 in one day. So personal record. Brilliant. However, and for benefits of those uh, uh, watching on YouTube, I'll send a key on a screenshot. Just literally before we start recording this podcast, a girl, and you might need your computer here, Karen, a girl called Susan Bennett followed me. So obviously I was all, Susan Bennett, who's this? She has 1.9 million followers on Twitter. Okay. And it says here on her little introduction, Susan Bennett, voiceover artist, singer, and original voice of Siri. Hey! So that's my my little claim to fame today. Some... You you know, Siri is following you. To be in, <clears throat> Siri is now following me, and I I I record my podcast weekly on an Android phone. Oh, <laughs> so, that's rough. So there you go. There's a so by all means continue to follow Fairyman Five Thousand. If you want to know about Superman, Ghostbusters, when the podcast's <laughs> up, uh, <laughs> what else? Um, WWE. I can't even remember. But you, you know what's really funny. Mm-hmm. You know, internet cookies, when you search for something on your internet, yeah, uh, it, it comes up now when you're on like Facebook or somewhere, it recommends products that, you know, oh, you could be interested in this. And I'm like, I just searched for that 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was on Facebook today, scrolling through, and an ad for, you know, like it was kind of, it wasn't an ad for one particular retailer. It was an ad for multiple retailers, but it was one of those ones where you could swipe to the right and it was just showed you images. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, they're reading my cookies, as you all. And the first recommendation was a WWE replica championship belt. Oh, the second course. one was Bibby Milk. Right. The third one was a Ford Mustang. Or sorry, Ford Focus. And then the final one was a Smash Bros. Amiibo. So them <laughs> cookies. Uh, they, well, at, they, least, they know. at least they've got you right. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. At least they they, they, they work like. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine me walking <laughs> on with my baby mock, my WWE titles, and I don't want to buy a car. Yeah, it's like the cars coming, right? So speaking of cars, segue. This is where, this is where we have our, our issue. Okay. And this is where I actually need your advice here as well. So Kieran's advice is going to be recorded live uh, for you all to hear. So if you disagree oh, with no. him or agree with him, this is where him, I can put on blast know. now. <clears throat> so. Was it like four episodes ago I told you my car broke down? Yes. Stuff like that. So my car broke down, didn't have a clue. It was apparently the injectors. Um they did replace so the the gentleman repaired the injectors, it worked fine for two or three episodes. We'll go by episodes, not weeks. And uh then my handbrake went and I was just like, right, okay. Let's talk it back down to the same mechanic. He fixed it within two or three hours. Only charged me like twenty quid to fix it. I was all brilliant. Way I went. Uh, as of yesterday, uh, the clutch has now gone on her. Right. So to get the clutch repaired, it's two hundred and ten pounds plus labour. So I'm at the point now. Now, just to bring you into context, I purchased this car. How long ago was the car? About two and a half years ago. About that. Three I... years nearly. Yeah, about that. Yeah. So. It was a, kind of my first time car. It was 10 years old at the time, but it's now 13 years old. Um, you know, it doesn't do anything excessive. You know, it goes from A to B, uh, mainly going to work. Um, and she basically, I'm at the, the point now where do I pay to get her fixed and then potentially something else happened here? Or do I get a new car? You see, this is where this I'm, is the thing. This is this is where hmm. This is where I'm a prickacy and I would just get a new car. So this is what I was thinking. So as I can inquire about a new car or you know, I replace my car. So because I don't have a car, I can't go to like car showrooms or dealers or whatever. And I've rung up a few this week and they were like, um, you know, well we have this used car for this much price, you can do it on higher purchase or you can do it on PCP. Okay. Uh, for people who are listening and like, what are you talking about? HP higher purchase is basically you go to them. I want to buy the car, and over five years you pay it off, and then at the end of the five years the car is yours. PCP is you agree a monthly payment for three, four, five years, and then at the end you go back to them and go, I would like to own this car. Here's two grand, or you, they will say to you. Here, we can give you an R car, and then you can just continue the payment. So it's like upgrading a mobile phone, effectively. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but all the dealers I was talking to were like, we have this used car, we have this, it's only like two years old, you know, three years old, some even four years old, and it was all very appealing. But then, again, they're all kind of quoting four or five-year purchase plans. And then I was kind of thinking, if I did that, and by the time I have the car paid off, I'm in the same position I'm in now. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So my thinking is, and, now, and by all means, give me your honest opinion. I'm thinking, biting the bolt, get a brand new car, like zero miles, brand spanking new, pay it off for four or five years, and then at the end of the five years, the car is mine. Uh, and then if I decide I'm happy enough with this car after five years, I could probably get an R five years out of it going on the last car I have 
or I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you think? I'd say go for it. I mean, if, <laughs> just go for it. I. I, I mean, we. As long as she, as long as you can cover it each month, that's kind of the main thing. But yeah, yeah, I'd say go for it. I mean, I like shiny new things, so like I'm, I'm always going to yeah. be biased. Do you know what I mean? I enjoy shiny new um, toys, so I would just say fuck it, just yeah. get shiny new toys constantly, just buy new ones. But I mean, a, a new cars come with a warranty as well. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because a, a brand new like European legislation is brand new car, three year warranty minimum. So I know for the first three years, and even if it's a five-year agreement, yeah, for the first three years, I'm fucking sweet. And I think, is there something about MOTs as well? You don't have to get an MOT within the first two years or something as well. Yeah, like two or three years or something like that. I can't mind. I think it's about that so somewhere I'll be, in there. I'll be saving money there. So it's, de- it's definitely something, you know, I was, ideally I was looking to go out today, but the, the dealer where I'm at is quite a bit away and... Uh, this is where I miss you, Kieran, because <laughs> you're in Belfast, hmm. and, and no one. I've messaged my whole family, and everybody's at work today, and I was off. So I'm hoping, hoping I can get out tomorrow. So stay tuned on my Twitter and um, keep you updated on your car journeys. Keep, keep you updated. Plus, I always name my cars, so my old car is called Nula. Oh. Um. So we'll be burying Nula probably some point you know, in the next week or so. Um. So any name suggestions? By all means, let me know. So that's that's my oh, and before we go off on this, um, celebrating a milestone this week. Okay. I am married four years this week. For, Jesus, that's not four years. Yes. Four years <sighs> this week. I oh man. Just for anyone that doesn't know, I was in Daniel's wedding party. I suppose I've known you much yes. longer, but I mean, like, you know, where the years just bleed together and it's fine. It's, it's, insane, easy, it? it's easier to digest that way. It's easier to it's easier to take. But whenever you have events like that, where you're like, oh, fuck, I mind that. Jeez, what would that be now, Daniel? You must be married about, jeez, that must be about six weeks. And then you're like, yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah four years, two it, kids. It just, I'm like, it just flies, what the fuck we saying that? And you look at the Daniel back then, the Daniel now, and just like as you say, let's do kids. You know, they just—I think that's what it helps accelerate time, and you know, it makes you realize, Jesus, how fast time is. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I felt about shitty because we agreed. I fell into the trap, Kieran. Fell into the trap ah. where we agreed. We agreed that we wouldn't get each other anything because we were going away to kind of celebrate it. Okay. So we agreed beforehand, and I know she's listening to this, and she's probably sitting there laughing now. But we agreed that uh, we wouldn't get each other anything, and she got me a card. Oh. Now, uh, in that card, there was obviously private things and stuff. Hmm. So Sweet nothings. Sweet nothings. No, so sweet softens for me. Sweet softens. Oh, that's but, um, um But I just want to say, I, you know, this, this, like I want to get a wee bit cheesy here, the podcast. You work um, away. Th- this is my card to you, Ashlyn Ferry. Um, thank you for being an amazing wife and even better mother and my best friend. Oh. So here's the many, many more years together. And I probably made a cry now. So that's fine. We'll move on. We'll, we'll do that every year on the podcast. That'll be like our yearly thing on the <laughs> we'll, podcast. We'll, we'll celebrate the podcast when uh when I have uh 
more 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 children then probably as well right. so. just, just, just babies everywhere we'll just start having we'll do yeah. e, e cards pod cards jesus we're we should do one up cast pod cards if it <laughs> do, right no i know that's a thing no right right we're spitballing here this is a bit of a raw idea that's a thing all right anyone who wants to leave a one up cast pod card get on the anchor app and record your 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 well wish to your partner your dog your playstation whatever it is you want to commemorate record it and we'll have a wee section in the middle just as a breather uh, for for one-up pod cards get on it everybody so this is gold so somebody who wants to tell him like how much they love their playstation for example hmm. just call up and be all playstation we've been we've been down some some rough roads from the time <laughs> the playstation network went down whenever portal 2 came out did the blister and highs of the e3 where the ps4 said it would you would uh, accept used games we're, we're, you're you're ruining you're we have to get to all that i mean oh, i have Jesus, no some fucking spoilers Jesus. <laughs> and you're, you're you're just spoilers like oh, Marcus you spoilers <laughs> right anyways but yes record your one-up podcasts for any birthday well wishes or any wedding well wishes or any but even if you fucking hate somebody and you want to just say hey i don't like you as long as it's legal, we'll, we'll do pod cards. So we're, pr- pr- we're promoting hate now. <laughs> oh, Jesus, so we are. Ah, oh, right. We should discuss things before. You notice this is the one podcast where we just went, right, loads to talk about, hit record. Yeah, no let, no prep this week. No it. prep. Let's just do it. And it's the one time whenever we're promoting fucking people hating each other. <laughs> just after you told your wife you loved her. <laughs> But before we go on, I have not one more thing yes. that's game related. But um, I'm going to keep you right for a change here. Ooh. Uh, when you read your reopening, uh, talk about the Anchor app, Kieran. <laughs> Damn it! But you actually what? did. Oh, I did. I did yes. kind of. I did yeah, kind of. But yes, make sure to leave. Like you know, download this on the Anchor app. Uh, that's our podcast platform of choice. But on the on the Anchor app, the main reason why we love it so much is because you can record a voice question. Which means that just like last week, you can have your question. You can read your own question on the podcast. So with that in mind, we also have some questions today that were submitted through the Anchor app. So this is this is becoming the hot ticket now for one up cast. Oh, fans. Yes, oh, yes. Everybody just saying, just saying. I know if you want to get on, get on that get on that anchor app and leave us some questions. But the main meat of our show today, I know is one that's near and dear to your heart. I got I got my my episode last week when I got to talk about the Xbox 360, my my pride and joy. But now this week, I know mm-hmm. it's yours. You're looking forward to this one. Well, I've actually been looking forward to this one um, for quite some time, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. This is a... <clears throat> this console... It sounds quite stupid. Though, as I said, two episodes ago where the Wii kind of brought me back into gaming, um, the PS3 cemented it. Oh, um, and it was—I don't know why, I don't know how. I mean, the, the way my game and transition worked when I came back, and it was we. I was introduced to the free sixty, but the free sixty, unlike yourself, never, never grabbed me. Um, mm. it, it just it, like I enjoyed it when I did play it, and I was just like, "Oh, this is brilliant, this is cool," but it never got its hooks on me, and I don't know why. Um, I—I I just don't know. Until this day, I just don't. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a hater. I just don't really like Microsoft as a company. And I think that's what it boils down to. I just don't like them. 
Yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a hater. I just I don't like their I don't like their products. I just don't I just don't like I just don't like Microsoft. See, um, whereas I'm on the other side of that. Like I I really mm-hmm. enjoy the Microsoft consoles and the Microsoft mm-hmm. stuff. But I think that having you as like a PlayStation you know, fan and a Sony fan mm-hmm. has kept me grounded because it meant that I I, yeah. I would never turn around and be like, oh, P- PlayStation fanboys, da 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 you know, <laughs> Xbox Master no. Race, bruh. You know, it was always I'll, like, no, I'll, I'll, I come over I'll, to your house and play the PlayStation. I go back to my house and play the Xbox. Like, we always had a healthy dose and respect yeah. of the other one. But the, I, uh... the PS3, though, that was, uh, I mean, I know it was great and all, but that... that that launch. Let's <laughs> make no. Let's make no. Don't soften it at all. No. The PS3, the PS3, out of all the consoles and Sony's library, probably next to the Vita, but we'll get to the Vita eventually. Yes, is the biggest, darkest, blackest cloud that they have, and it's sheerly because of their own arrogance. Yes. They thought they were the untouchables. Yeah, I think Kazurai said the real Kazurai. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah, do you remember Twitter Kazurai? He's now retired, unfortunately. I know, I know. Um, it's so sad. Uh, the real Kazurai, which was the president of PlayStation at the time, um, was coming out in, like in papers saying, "Oh, you'll get a second job for this console." Um, you know, like what? You know, when uh, the only reason why the PS3 and the 360 stuck around for so long, I believe, was because we were in a, we went for a really hard recession in America. Yeah. Uh, so people didn't have a lot of money. So, like, these manufacturers weren't going to come around and bring out, oh, this brand new shiny tech. But they say things like that. You know, that's not the best marketing campaign. And speaking of marketing, do you remember the old ads? Yeah, they were really old weird and they ads? were really conceptual like, and they didn't really show off so a while strange. lot. And yeah, they weren't, you know, the, remember that one? The first ad I seen for PS3 didn't have any games on it. It was like a black room and it was a cowboy shooting somebody and then there was a ballerina and then there was a boy knocking at the door and it just came up saying PlayStation. It's like, what did I just watch? Yeah, the, the first one I ever saw was kind of the same. The first PS3 one where like... Now, maybe it was a PS3 ad. I'm nearly sure it was. But it was the one where like the the girl was like... the, the There was a woman like delivering a baby. Or like having a baby. Right. And like the baby shot out like from a fucking cannon. And like flew through the air. But as the scene was progressing and like transitioning, like the person was... And the camera was like dead fast, like flying along beside them. And... uh you know, all of a sudden the person was like a toddler and then like a child, you know, like, like, you know, and then like, you know, a younger sort of child and a teenager and an adult and, a, and an old person. Then, but, and then they landed like in a grave. And it was just like, this is what PlayStation. This is where I'm going to, I, this is where I'm going to defend PlayStation now. Right. That was actually a Microsoft ad. Was that a Microsoft <laughs> ad? Jesus, what was <laughs> yeah. yikes, whatever it was. That, I don't see. It was for the, I think, I think it was for the, 360 I think it was was, actually banned it was fucking terrible it was it was it was for the original (laughs) Xbox Jesus that was terrible you're all I fucking Playstation (laughs) do I know what I hate about Playstation them fucking Microsoft ads (laughs) (laughs) what shit (laughs) but uh Jesus that ad was terrible 
How much did the PS3 launch for? Because I didn't buy it at launch, like anybody else. Nobody bought it at launch. P- How much? P- I think it was like six hundred pounds. PS3 UK launch price. Student. UK. Here we go. Let's figure <clears> out. I think it was 600 pounds or something. 600 euros. 425 quid. That's insane. Uh, and then let's let's double check. What what when, what was that in? What year was that? Came out in That's... 2006. Uh, what do you call it? My, my, car, my car is older than the PS3. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! There you go. My car's two thousand five. So four hundred and twenty-five quid in two thousand and six. How much will it cost this year? It's probably the fucking gonna be the same. It's one of these inflation calculators. Mm, yeah. So in today's money, that would be five hundred and eighty-five pound. That's insane for a new That's console. Insane. That's mad. Like that's um, nuts. Let's just say they announced the PS5 or Xbox 2 tomorrow, and they came out and said it was five hundred quid. Oh, people! Oh, be mad be rats. No, I'm never buying it again. People be nuts. fucking going mental. People be like, nope, 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 nope. And we all harp back to, as you said there, two or three episodes ago, where uh, the president of Sony at the time on the PS1 after the Saturn was shown at a Dreamcast. I can't remember. Mm. He went up on stage and went two ninety nine and just walked off stage. So they knew what they had to do back then, and then, but obviously, what happened is that they were they they were the they were the Apple, you know, they were the big boys. They went from the PS One to the PS Two, PS Two biggest selling console of all time, still is, and they thought, right, PS Three, you know, we can take our time. So it was actually late to the market as well, which was kind of the worst thing about it. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> You think about it, like I think 360 had a good year on it. Yeah, it, at least eight nine months. Yeah, um, it was it was a good long they, they time just, on it. The thing that gets um, me, like, right? There was <clears throat> there was two there was or there was two killers for me. There was the price; it was getting slagged for left, right, and center. The other thing it was getting slagged for whenever it got announced. Do you remember the boomerang controller? Remember that, and that never actually came to be. No, was- I'm surprised nobody's just like made like a third party one just for a laugh. But yeah, there was a controller. I'll I'll put on a uh I'll put on like you know a, a thing for our YouTube viewers. But um, there was a a controller that was announced with the PlayStation Three that was pretty much just one big gigantic boomerang. It looked like the most uncomfortable thing to hold and play, and it just looked like no ergonomics design went under it whatsoever. But do I know the best thing is though? I was super hyped for the PlayStation Three coming out. Oh, really? Like, I, again, was, I was kind of stuck. I was too embedded in the time at the time as well. I was reading about magazines online and I just looked at the price and I was just like, no, not see, happening. I did die off, but like the earliest images that I had seen, and this was like, because remember the original prototype was like silver. And it was like really That's right. futuristic That's right. looking. So it was silver looking, but there was a magazine that I, I had in this magazine. It was saying, I don't know if it was like CES or something like that, but it was like, it's one of these electronic shows, and the whole thing was that they were like, oh, we've got photographs of them, like different angles, we got in early, blah, blah, blah. and there was a photograph on the magazine of the back of the console, and now, at right. the time, I still had, like, just a regular CRT TV, no, it was, it would be maybe another, like, you know, year or two before I got my first HD TV, 
But on the back, yeah. there was like an AV out, all right, which was grand. And then there was two HDMI outs on it. And I'm looking at it now. Well, like right I, off, this has been the launch model because I never had the launch model, so right off. Yeah, there was HDMI 1 and HDMI 2. Now, this this version never came out. This was the prototype that was shown off. Oh, at C- all right. Uh, oh, I'm looking now. It was CES. And it had three network ports. Jesus and, Christ. And two USBs on the back as well. And obviously USBs just used for connecting stuff. But three network ports and two HDMI ports. I was like, what, are, what the fuck are they used for? I was like, what's that about? That's like, imagine them games having like a big massive screen with like, you like you know, you're like commanding like a fucking army and like commanding conquer or something. And then you've got a Wii screen below it that has like, you know, like all your menus and stuff on it, this like double screen. I was thinking it'd be mad. Like how how what would this console do? My my mind was just just running away with what it could do, and then all of a sudden then it was just like, yeah. You just plug it into your TV and play games. Were... And I was like, fuck like I, like that was what that was what everybody was expecting, but to me that was a disappointment. Then I was like, fuck, I wanted to know what that was all about. Do you think they were trying to do what the Xbox One does now where you can plug it on like a media device to it and you can watch your TV you know your TV streaming device or whatever and free to PlayStation or it could be the the other thing that I'm thinking about now that it could be is it could have been that that prototype shell was put around a dev kit because a dev kit would have two HDMI's out you would have one for like uh, diagnostic right. stuff yeah. and one for the game and a couple of network ports. So I'm thinking like, ah, it probably was a dev kit, but it's kind of crappy to show off like the back of it because they let this magazine and they take photographs and stuff. And I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, I mean, you wouldn't show the back of a dev kit and have it just be the focus of, oh, look, here's the back of the console. And people are like, what's all that stuff here? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. maybe feel I mean- kind of bad. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, we're talking very negatively about the PlayStation. We will get to the good stuff eventually. Well, see, because, you know. I, I, this is the thing. I'm trying to paint that picture. I'm trying to paint that negative launch picture because then I want to I no, have... We, we will. Because it's like we, a phoenix rising thing for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But first, we got to burn it down before we can raise. Do you know what I mean? Before it can raise exactly. back up again. So not, yeah. the, not to hark on about bad stuff anymore, but there was two other things that really sort of got me. One that affected me and one yeah. that didn't. The one that affected me okay. was the PlayStation 2 backwards compatibility. Uh-huh. It is still, to this day, the be- like the best PlayStation 2 that I own. And I have like oh, really? component cables <laughs> for PS2s. I, 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 I have recently, I mean, I'm, I'm get, skipping to the end of the story I'm just telling right now. But anyways, the whole thing was is that, just to give you the quick version, the, uh, my, my 60 gig died and the warranty at the time was they replace it with just a non PS2 model. Like yeah. it, they didn't replace them with 60 gigs, at least in the shop I went to. So it was kind of crap. I got a downgrade in my PlayStation and then just like a sorry. And that was it. Yeah. So I got to keep my hard drive, but I, I lost my PlayStation two backwards compatibility, but I've since found one again. It was, it, it was, it was a lucky find, but I've since found one again and it's in the living room and my house still connected up my fat PS2 60 gig. And, uh, my, my girlfriend, Natasha plays, um, kingdom hearts on it regularly. She's, I think she's just about to finish it because we're like playing through Kingdom Hearts before the new one comes out. And right, okay. it's, it looks beautiful. I played through Final Fantasy X on it. Looks beautiful. It's the best looking PlayStation 2. And it's just so handy having like your virtual memory card and you, know, you have the wireless controller. And it, it's just great. It's the best PS2 out. And then 
they remove that functionality. It's just like, yeah. And was we're it, was it, it out. just like was it just was it just emulation or was it like an extra disk drive or something? I mean, obviously they took it out for cost saving. What but I heard it was just software. No, what I heard, which was which was wrong, or which I don't know if it's right or wrong. I'm pretty sure it was right. What I heard was is that they were trying to software emulate it, but couldn't. Right. They couldn't do it reliably, okay. so they just stuck extra hardware inside it. But then the problem was is that that was overheating, and that was causing the moldy yellow light. And so they took out the hardware then for the next model. But do you remember you could still like create like virtual memory cards for PS2 and all, and even though that's it was right, an right. And then the one that didn't affect me was the uh, they took away the ability to use Linux. That's Maybe right. you can install Linux. They took that out obviously because of privacy issues and things like well, that as well. There was another reason they so, took it out as well, and it was because it was losing them fuckloads of money. And the whole thing was I mean, yes, piracy was a huge concern, even though no one had cracked it yet because it was still actively getting updated every other week or whatever. But the whole thing was is that at the time for you to buy like a like a a PlayStation and be able to install Linux on it and all that other stuff. Sony were making the PlayStation at a loss. So the whole yeah. thing was is that they were counting on software sales to make up that money. So they wanted like one user to buy, I don't know, let's say five pieces of software for the PlayStation before they were making like a profit on it or something. Or maybe it was less, maybe two pieces yeah. of software. But they needed people to be buying software as well. But what yeah. happened was is that a lot of universities, a lot of places were buying PlayStations and connecting them together and installing Linux on them and using them as supercomputers. Right. So, I mean, I, 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 think, it's, I think it's the US. Is it the military? Uh, sorry, I'm going to take down a time code. 42. <laughs> Yeah, it's the Air Force, the the US Air Force. I'll put up a picture for the for the YouTube viewers, but the US Air Force have like a room with just racks filled with PlayStation 3s and Jesus it's 1760 PlayStation 3s all connected together, all running Linux and all just doing calculations. And probably at the time they were like, "Oh my god, this is amazing for us, you know, to show the power of it." But then you say it was a double-edged sword, then they realised we're not buying any games. Aye, and we're making a loss on every single one of these. But the thing That's is, insane. the That's thing is as well, though, <laughs> is that for universities and stuff like that, it was great because there was seven computational cores inside it. Remember, they were all seven cores inside this machine. The whole thing mm-hmm. was is that they buy a seven-core machine was way more than six or seven hundred dollars. So universities and, and military and all stuff were saving money by buying PlayStations mm-hmm. to make supercomputers. So it was a weird and use of PlayStations. And, and like I'm gonna I'm gonna get very technical here. Um so apologies in advance, but this is where I want to ask you, Kieran. Go for it. The the biggest gripe with developers with the PS3 was its cell architecture. Um, yes. I always remember reading about it where basically you can correct me here because I'm going to be wrong, but basically, uh, there were so many different co- like s- sections of memory. So you had to pro- program one section of the console, and then that one had to link to another section, and then another section. It was like a big web. Mm. Instead of just programming the game, you had to program it in certain areas. And I think at the time, PlayStation's belief was 
you know, if you if you if you learn the system, if you basically introducing a new programming code, you can get some proper juice out of this machine. Um, but developers were very vocal about how much it was a disaster, and it it didn't it didn't help games at all. It affected them. It was well renowned, and this is where the free sixty really shone over on the PS3 was especially its third party content. Um, Microsoft did something uh, what Sony are doing now. Pretty much, they kind of they kind of promoted third party titles that weren't exclusive to them as the best place to play. You know, this is the definitive version. Like, look at Skyrim on a PS3. Um, it just dies after about two hours. It just chugs in the frame rate. And again, because this is all these cores and cells and, you know, being different sections of different internal components, it was just a disaster. And obviously, somebody who's sitting there, like, I'm quite hardcore, sitting that I know this, but two blogs can buy a PlayStation, they buy FIFA or buy Skyrim. You know, they find a carrot at the weekend. He's not going to care about that. All he's going to see is, why is this game dying? Um, it works on my mid 360. You know, why does the 360 have cross-game chat and the PS3 never did? Yeah. You could never cross-game chat on PS3. You could, you just couldn't do it because the, the, the game, the architecture, was just a disaster. So, like, you might more and more about it than me, but uh, well, I always remember, they always... They, they, they always patched it to developers as this is this brand new program code. Uh, if you get behind it, you'll really see. And don't get me wrong, we will get to that eventually while they, there was jams. There was jams. Mm-hmm. But it was a bumpy so, road to get to there. Uh, so the last thing that I'll... The, the, the last sort of like negative thing that I'll go on about <laughs> was that at the time... For a developer, right? Now, imagine imagine you're a, develop, a developer. You're sitting in a development studio and you get uh-huh. a, a PlayStation dev kit through the door, Sony's all work away, and you have to email support or whatever, like it doesn't come with a manual, you have to email support, figure out how this thing works and blah, 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 and it's a brand new architecture, cell architecture, like, you know, there's seven processors that you can work with, but you have to deal with keeping them all in sync, all right, because, you know, it could fucking crash all over the place if you get it wrong, and so yeah. you're building a game and you're like, right, so I'm going to build my game and I have to learn. My whole studio has to take a little time to learn how this works. Not only that, but we can only do it for this console. If we want to then in the future, if a new console comes out, what happens if it's not this cell, whatever? You know what I mean? It means all that. It means we're learning yeah. all this stuff for one console. Now, uh-huh. at the same time, Microsoft have also dropped you off an Xbox dev kit, an Xbox 360 dev kit. And for that, it's pretty much, for the most part, very similar to making games on PC. And it's very well documented. Which means that you're going to end up getting more, you know, it's more transferable long-term skills that you're learning. So that's the reason why that a lot of developers were like, well, fuck this, we'll just make it on on Xbox and release it on PC as well. And... You know, that scran will go from there. And then the problem is then is that that, be- that becomes a snowball effect because this was a generation that really gave birth to, like, online. Then, as yeah. you say, you know, someone goes to buy FIFA and everybody is buying Xboxes because all the games work better and it's all great and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, well, I'm going to buy it on Xbox because three of my mates have an Xbox and we can chat yeah. to each other. And then 
then that's another person buys an Xbox and then their friend will buy one and blah, blah, blah. So it's like word yeah. of mouth without being word of mouth. It's like word of peer pressure without being peer pressure. You know what I mean? Because friends yeah. are always going to stick together when they're playing these things. So it became its own sort of thing. But then in saying that, I think where the PlayStation shone then in, in the like no, its litter games was whenever studios had a couple of years to learn what was going on. You started getting yeah. more games out that were, you know... Well, this is this is a thing. I mean, out of the ten year life cycle that it had, probably the first half, first five years was just almost a write off. Effectively, I mean, it wasn't until they brought out the P uh, the PS3 Slum. Do you remember that one with the plastic lid? They could slide back. Yeah, I it never liked that one. The Super then, Slum. Uh, I I never liked it either. But it wasn't really until then where they were able to get the cost down. Yeah. Uh, by then, then they had, they, as you said, they had developers who knew the system. You know, Sony had Sony's biggest weapon till this day is their development studios. They effectively own like twenty studios, and they have the luxury of going right. Take five years, make a game, come back this, when that's yeah. it. I mean, the fact that the Naughty Dog who makes who brought out Uncharted Four about four years ago, they're now doing Last of Us Two. Last of Us 2 will probably come out eventually and then they'll go away for another five years and just let their creative muscles flow. And, you know, and then so another one of the developers will come in, the, you know, six months later. And, and because it's six months, I don't, basically every year they have one of their studios spitting out a game. Uh, <clears throat> and this is where my love for PlayStation grew. So <laughs> this is where we'll talk of the positives now. Oh, yes. Um... I remember the day I got my PS3. It was the reason why I got a PS3. It wasn't because of my love for, you oh, I want this console or anything. Because again, I was kind of like everybody else. I was kind of like, what is this thing? I'm not getting that. That's too dear. No chance. And <clears throat> I think I had a 360 at the time. But again, as I said earlier, it never, never grabbed me. never got its claws into me. Um, but then I remember seeing the game that got me. And I was just like, I need to have it. Um was Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah, that was Back the first then, one that was really like, yeah, you know, we're taking advantage of everything. We know what we're doing. Sure, we, we mentioned in the Metal Gear episode really early on, the whole thing was like we filled yeah. a Blu-ray. Exactly. It filled a Blu-ray and being heard of. It was just like, what? Oh my God. And you were just saying so much about it. And like, and they actually did a trailer for Metal Gear, and if they did it nowadays, cause such an uproar. Now, Metal Gear Solid Four when it came out, you're gonna to have to do your homework out for me, Karen. I, I'm guessing 2007. So I don't know, but basically years ago. But where we are now as a society, if this happened now, 2008. So ten years we are as a society now. If this trailer happened now for a game, it's online or e 3 or even on TV, it'd be such an uproar and a negative thing, where it was Snake, the main character, just sitting on a table, and the camera's kind of spamming around him, 360, and he was just putting a gun in his mouth, and he was about to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And that was a trailer for the game, and they're like, it was just narrating the words of how about he had enough of life. Basically, he was to come on the suicide. Mm. And everybody was, instead of the whole uproar, people were like, what's brilliant? <laughs> you know that makes me want to play it even more and I was even oh my god I have to um, so 
before that game game came out, I was checking eBay for the best prices for PS3s and was doing my homework. And uh, um, I don't I, like I had a CRT TV as well for my Wii and 360, but I didn't have a HD TV. And I was swimming on hand, and I had this really bad trait. Uh, well, it's, it's a double edged sword. Where see, before I buy something, I research the life of it. Yeah, that, that's from anything to anything to a pair of trainers uh, like like I'm doing with McYar now effectively but um, uh, my wife well your friend at the time just said to me you know if you're going to get a Playstation you might as well get a HDTV there's no two ways about it just bite the bald and just do it because if you get the Playstation you're going to want a HDTV and you're just going to do this cycle where you buy one or the other and you want the other one so yeah. it was my biggest splurge ever uh, I remember spent nine hundred pounds one day on a HDTV and a PS3 back in two thousand seven. Just one day, I just went on to Argos. I was all have that HDTV. It was five hundred pounds. Was all that will do, and I just went over to Virgin Mega Stores at the time and purchased my PS3 with GTA Four, and uh, it came bonded with I Am Alive on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, then, I was just like, oh, my God. I just fell in love instantly with the graphics. Uh, first time I seen a Blu-ray, it was just, I was just, I just fell in love with it. And uh, it's actually, I don't know if you know this, it's largely the reason why I got a job in-game was because of the PlayStation 3. Because okay. the manager at the time said to me, I need somebody who knows PlayStation because everybody in here is 360. People come on asking about PlayStation consoles, accessories, recommendations. We all look like idiots because we don't know. And we just kind of go, oh, you want that first party game over there where you want somebody coming on, no one, right, you want to get this, you want to get this, or you want to get some PlayStation credit and download this game and stuff like that there. And, you know, <clears throat> I always fall back to, you know, the Langyard, my favorite game of the year was, and I was Bioshock confident. I don't know it wasn't a PlayStation exclusive, but you know, I wasn't your cliche gamer where you're playing your FIFA and your Call of Duties and things like that. I mean and I think he said to me it was because your knowledge of PlayStation which got you the job. Um but just so many things happened with the PlayStation. I mean so many I I came a proper fan of the studios. It was it's weird. It was like the first time I never really followed or supported a studio. I was never a fan of a studio before. Never knew I knew what a studio was. Like with Nintendo brought out a game, all Nintendo made that. Like Mario, Nintendo, all Nintendo made that. Um, but like if you asked me 10 years ago, who's Santa Monica? They make God of War. Wouldn't have a clue. I was that much of a fan of them. Uh, I'll take a picture and put it up for the podcast. It's actually on my Twitter as well. I the remember this. I got- this blew my mind. The development team, uh, like I got every trophy in every God of War game on the PS3 because I loved the series that much. And I, I tweeted them saying, oh, I have the trophies. Can I have a retweet? And they retweeted it. It was brilliant. It was all loud. But they actually private messaged me and they actually said this. If you send us your games, we'll sign them. We'll get the development team to sign them all for you. Hmm. And that's when it became really personal and I still have those games to this day have a wee display in my bedroom of all three God of War games signed physically by the development team 
I, they don't know me and I don't know them, but that personal touch made it human. Yeah. It makes you realize that, you know, um, and again, we're going back to, we're going forward in time, God of War 4. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it on Twitter where Corey Balrog, I think his surname, who's a developer now of God of War 4, uh, when all the review scores came out, uh, he, he broke down in tears because he couldn't believe it. You know, it's just like, you know, people love my game. And again, I know you talked about Jonathan Blow last week about, you know, you're such a fanatic and all, but yeah, it's easy to say a game shite, but it this applies to any developer, really, being on 360 PC, PlayStation, Switch, whatever. It's easy to say a game shite, but then you don't really know sometimes how much work has gone on it. And, you know, again, as I said, this is where PlayStation really got its hooks on the man. Really, actually, started to learn the business side of it effectively as well because I was in that trade as well where they were making them, I was selling them. But there's just so many games. I mean, from Heavy Rain, I don't know if you played it. Uh, my first big online game was a game called Warframe, where you're this little soldier, El Generico soldier, and you yeah. just ran around this. It's almost like Battlefield. You just shooting people, and they had helicopters and planes and stuff. And that involved in the their unofficial sequel called Starhawk. Yes. Starhawk. <clears throat> remember Starhawk? Fuck me. What a game. Nobody played it. Nobody played it. If someone, if someone asked me what is the biggest underrated game of all time, Warhawk. Starhawk. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was online only, wasn't it? It was. Well, I did actually have a single player component. They actually switched the servers off there about two months ago. That's sad. It it had elements of Fortnite, which is weird. I mean, again, if this came out in the PS, sorry, in the 360 at the time, and this just shows you how troubled the PS3 was. um, It's just, if it was released now, it would probably be more popular. It was a third-person shooter, online shooter, where you could build your own uh, structures and architects on the battlefield, a la, like, Fortnite. Um, so it was just, it was just effectively it was ahead of its time. Nobody played it though, and it was fucking brilliant. It was just the the PlayStation community. I mentioned God of War. Um, special mention to Killzone Two. I don't know if you played Killzone Two. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I played a wee bit of it, but so, yeah, so so hyped for Killzone Two. So hyped. Uh, and see when it came out, it just loved up to the hype. I was just absorbed by it. Absolutely loved it. Um, the, the the single player campaign just strengthens my belief. If you're going to do a single player game, have bosses on it. I love a good boss fight. Oh, just love it. And it's just you know, like you get to the end of the level, there'll be a boss fight, and just graphically at the time, it still holds up today. But graphically at the time, it was just like Jesus Christ. It was just it was up there with Gears of War. But again, PlayStation problem with Gears of War done it a year before. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that it always felt like they were kind of trying to keep up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, obviously, you can't not mention Uncharted series. And yeah. this is where I was such a fanboy at the time, and still am. Um, but I remember working in game, and people were like, PlayStation shite, PlayStation shite. And I just remember, you know, we, we always heard back on us ourselves we always say gameplay is king yeah and that's what it all boiled down to is just gameplay of these games and i always sounds like such a fanboy thing to say but i always knew playstation would come back eventually 
because gameplay was king. It's almost, almost like Nintendo. You know they're going to come back. I mean, if this is their embodiment of games, 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 and gameplay, you know, you might not have the right platform, a la the Wii U, a la the PS3, mm. but you look at both of these companies now, you look at the Switch, you know, gameplay is king. The Switch is just the right platform. And you look at the PS4, right platform. And again, it's largely due to timing and public perception, but gameplay is king. Yeah. Um, it's just... Uh, just absolutely so much so many firsts on it as well like again i mentioned proper online game i purchased my first ever digital game of super stardust hd don't know if you ever remember that it was kind of like a wee spaceship game it was yeah. like a high score it was like a 3d space invader game um no doubt about it the ps3 was always the underdog and actually when it's Stopped its cycle. It actually ended up selling quite respectably well. It sold 80 million units worldwide, and I think, as I said, the first 10 years, probably the last five years, is probably why they started making money back and they actually started crawling back up. And they had a an amazing buyout. When you think about, it, I know it wasn't officially their last game, but the Last of Us. Yeah, that was the was big the blockbuster. First. I've been kind of waiting to bring that up, but yeah, that was their yeah. last big blockbuster. It blew that my mind. Like their, it was kind of like their buyout. You know, this is PlayStation now. They kind of they ended the generation with it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it just, and I think it was, like, again, a retail, I remember. The stock, our stock uh, allocation of any PS3 title was always horrible. Um, because for every 10 games we sold... Two of them are PS3 games, not an exaggeration. Um, and that's why I loved the time when I was working there because uh, the PS3 people were coming on to buy, you know, the exclusives. You got to know them, you got to talk to them. And they yeah, knew you were a PS3 time. guy. And, mm. you know, they would wait for me to serve them just to talk about it, you know, talk about Killzone or talk about Resistance or, you know, just like we find like Baldwin. Baldwin almost friendships, you know, because you want if you're going on the Plus Suite and you want to. You want to talk to somebody who's passionate about what you're passionate about, hence why we're doing a podcast after all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, to me, it's a very special console. Um, it's up there ultimately with nostalgia for me. Um, just so much love for it, so much respect for it. Absolutely loved it. Um, but I always knew that they were the underdog. Uh, but I think they had a they had a good buyout at the end. Um, but... I meant, I, sorry, going back to my point. So our stock allocation for PS3 games was awful. So when Naughty Dog's Last of Us came out, we got a fair amount of good copies on because it reviewed very well. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, it was a game to this day, when I, like I worked there for many years later, it was this, a game to this day where it continuously sold for about three months. People were just constantly coming under it. Because just word of mouth was spreading about it. And uh, people's mentality was like Walking Dead was huge at the time. People were like, oh, it's like Walking Dead. It's like Walking Dead. And everybody, like people people who weren't even gamers were coming on saying, do you have The Last of Us? You're The Last of Us? Yeah. And uh, I remember the trading price on it was, it was that rare time to, to trade on The Last of Us. You got, where they were, they were giving you £45. I remember at one point, just to get the stock on uh, that was how popular it was, and they were selling it down for full price, you know, fifty quid. Yeah. So they were only making a fiver profit on it each time. 
But uh, that was their kind of big bow out, and I think it set them up well for the next generation because people knew then, oh, when's the new Last of Us coming out? It hasn't come out, but, you know, that's going to sell gangbusters when it does happen. So, all in all, love my PS3. Still have my PS3. Still have a lot of physical games for my PS3. Uh, I hope my P- if my PS3 ever dies, it will all die someday. My heart will be broken, <laughs> and I have to scour, scour the land to find another one. But they've ceased development now, haven't they? They don't make them no more. Yeah, no, they Do don't they? make them now. That's it. The, 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 the number that's out there is out there, and that's it. Um, I would have. I should have brought one, you know, before. If I, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, but I should have purchased one on the cheap, you know, like a like a brand new one sealed in this packaging just for the, the day it does die, so I can just replace it. But if yeah. anything's going to go, it's just going to be the hard drive, hopefully. Yeah, it's going to be something replaceable. So, and even at that, there is enough of them that, like, I mean, you can still go and buy NESs yeah. for parts. Do you know what I mean? Which brings my question to you. Are we at the point where PS3 and 360 is considered retro? Or have we discussed this before? See, I, I don't know. And this is the thing. There, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have said yes. But it's weird because now a year later, I'm saying no. I think that there's this grey area where thing, things are old but they're not cool yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that what needs to happen is the people who were really young when they were playing it need to grow up and want it again. Mm-hmm. And that's when it becomes yeah. retro. Do you know what I mean? So the kids yeah. who were maybe 13 back in like, I don't know, 2010... Back, no, yeah. whenever they had like maybe their late 20s, mid to late 20s, whenever they're like, fuck man, mine we used to all, and you see it the odd time where it's like, oh, you know, remember when we used to sit around and play Halo? You know, or oh, do you remember whenever we used yeah. to like sit around and oh man, do you remember playing Uncharted? That was so fucking cool. Da, da, da. Now, in saying that, remasters is a way of getting a lot of that money back, like these collections that come out. But there yeah. are going to be a lot of games that people are like oh fuck, man i need to go back and play that again or all oh, that's great like i remember um like i i picked up a copy of i think i, I wanted to buy i think i bought like i found it in a charity shop and it was like a copy of like 007 like some fucking night fire some playstation 2 james bond game and mm-hmm. the guy was like, and I've never seen anybody get so excited over a PlayStation 2 game. A guy I worked with was like, oh my fucking God, I used to play that when I was young. It was so cool, blah, blah. And I was like, PlayStation 2 is getting to that stage now where people yeah. are like, oh my God, I need to get that. So I just gave it to him. I was like, it's like a pound. I'm pretty sure I have a copy. It was a double. So I just gave it to him and I was yeah. like, may as well take it with you. It was a double, double O. Hey. It's like, hey. you'll get more in it than I will. So what I'm saying is, is that I think now it's okay they call PlayStation mm-hmm. 2 retro and GameCube retro. The reason why I'm asking is as well, selfishly, is because I have a sealed copy of Fallout 3 special edition, you know, lunchbox one. Yeah, I do. I look at it every time I come around to your house. Sealed. Just, it's not just, even opened. Just quietly, I just look at it every time and be like, <clears throat> fucking so, love it. Like. <laughs> so one day, it will be sold. I'm hoping it'll be like, you know, It'll be a holy grail one day. Man finds man hoping, finds Fallout lunchbox in loving room. Sells for uh, millions. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Like one day, my children, you know, when they're older and they're like they're in their twenties, and they bring home their girlfriend, their boyfriend, uh, I'll still have all this shit. And I just hope they think, you know, 
No, that is a cause, bastard. I'm like, no. Mm. <laughs> now listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in episode 517. Yep, and still, and still get on to people about leaving questions on fucking Anchor, leaving hologram messages on the Anchor, on the Anchor fucking Holo app. On your new. Uh, speaking of which, now it's in my head, by the way, after my, as I said earlier, about my whole Twitter followers, um, I'm on a mission on Twitter. Okay. And I'm going to report these every week on it. My mission is to get ExtraVision to follow me on Twitter or block me. One of the two. <laughs> and do, I they won still have, do they still have a I Twitter? Checked, I checked. They I'm, do. I tweeted them tonight. I'm going to follow so, them right now. See, that's my mission. Not, not even to follow them. I just want them to follow me. <laughs> no, it's just so that I can remember to send them a fucking message. Jesus, so they haven't tweeted, tweeted since 2017. That's cold. So that's my mission. So I hope somebody... <laughs> you know, somebody will log into the other account and be like, what the fuck? Is this boy here? I ah, just follow him. It'll be fine. So I tweeted them saying, I talk about you every week in my podcast. I think I deserve a follow. Hashtag never forget. I just scrolled. I just scrolled down on their on their feed, and they have a, a picture of a game room, like a retro game room on their feed. Yeah. So clearly, clearly, Extravision is under their, their retro games as well. The ironic thing about it is that Extravision being, you know, uh, and the self-professed like Irish film and games retailer post a game room clearly from America, considering all the consoles or US consoles. But nice try, Extravision. <laughs> just um, trying to stealth their way back on. We'll tweet them about this it. Is that where they're, yeah, they're they're trying to stealth their way back on. So with their with their stealth event machines and our one webcast promotion of Extravision, this is their plan. It's that they're this like, oh, the, the comeback's on now. Is is that <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the comeback is on? The fist turn is happening so, now. So that's pretty much this week's show. We have to wrap up with a few questions. There are so there are. I, well, there are three questions this time around. There's one. There's one question that's a, a, an old question, a, an old timey text question, and then we've two anchor questions. But Daniel, if you want to take it away with the first question, yeah, Iman uh, writes on. Uh, he he sent us a dove uh, with a with a letter on its leg. A telegram. Uh, because he was too shy. He sent us a telegram. He was too shy to uh, submit his voice. To be fair. You no, know, I can understand why, but don't be shy. Yeah. Um, no, record away. A, you'll definitely get. A, we'll definitely, we'll definitely get you on the podcast. So, Eamon, uh left us a question here. So, <clears throat> I'll read it out. And I'll let you answer it, and then I'll have a go. So, I have a question for you guys, and I'm not quite brave enough yet to vocalise it on the Anchor app yet. So, I just thought I posted here instead. You mentioned a few times about being really hyped for games, then the joy of the excitement of those games being delivered. But I'd like to know if there was any games that you were that you were really, really hyped for, waiting ages for it to come out, for it to have them fall flat, leaving bitter disappointment at what it could uh, what it could have been a great game. So, a hundred percent, I know what I'm going to say, and it's going to be the most pedestrian answer. I'm going to feel so bad. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad. Fucking No Man's Sky. Oh, <laughs> No Man's Sky made a made that. a fool out of me, and I I never quite forgave it. Now, don't get me wrong; I've been playing it recently, and No Man's Sky Next is the game that we should have got, but it's too little, too late. Yeah. But 
I I went all right now me a, a budding young you know YouTube guy with uh, you know a, a dream in his heart and a twinkle in his eye decided I know how I know how I'll get them subs them likes them views what I'll do is I'll live stream I'll live stream a game because YouTube gaming is uh, was a thing and I still have this idea in my head and I'm I'm still convinced that it, the more of YouTube's features that you use the more favorably they'll like boost your channel yeah. it's based on nothing but yeah. I, I think it makes sense because they would want to promote channels that are like using all the YouTube stuff so I was like yeah. I'll stream it I'll stream I'll stream a game and it just so happened all right that this was a plan of mine I was like I'm waiting because we we were talking about No Man's Sky for ages that space game where you could fly around to different fucking planets yeah. there's a, a bajillion fucking planets and you go to them all and I sat and I played it and it was a, I bought it on PC and it was a buggy mess horrible and now I, I, the streams aren't on YouTube anymore. I still have them on my hard drive. And it's like, do you remember the episode of The Simpsons where uh, Ralph gets like uh, told by Lisa that like, you know, she doesn't want to be his Valentine. And then Bart like, yeah. is like, uh, he's like fast forward and he's like, you can pinpoint the moment where his heart rips in two. <laughs> you can do that on the videos of me streaming that. You can find the point where I just died inside and I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to get a refund off Steam and like this is terrible that's not often you've done that I know and it, it's it's the only game I've ever refunded in my entire life it's the only game I've ever got my money back on because I just well, I couldn't it was broke it was it, was, it, it wasn't it wasn't that I didn't like it it was just broken it just did not work no one tried it but that was the most disappointment one for me and the, the thing that makes it worse is that I, I, I was live whilst being disappointed <laughs> You could see the disappointment live. Yeah, you'd watch it live and in in loving color. It it, oh, it was horrible. What about you? Do you have any any games that disappointed you? Uh, my, my my game. I don't know if you were if you record. It was a Wii game, and I was so fucking hyped for it. So after I got my broadband installed for my Mario Strikers, Gold. I was just like, oh, I, I need more online goodness. I need more. So I started researching online games, and there was this game coming out in like four months time called. Battalion Wars. Oh, I remember that game. Do you remember Battalion Wars? I was so fucking hyped for this. I was just like, oh my god, you could have squads and you could really win. And it was basically, it was a wee fair person shooter, but it was kind of like cannon fodder where you um you, you control a squad and you know you but the, the squad could be co-op with your mates online and you can invade territories and you can you know send people their waypoints and you know strategic attack bases and all. And sound fucking great in paper, screenshots, gameplay, I was all this sucks so fucking good. Got it, day one, biggest piece of shit. You couldn't voice chat, which I knew anyway beforehand. But there was not there wasn't even like you couldn't even do emojis to kinda point them to go to that direction. Everybody just so did they, whatever the fuck they wanted. <laughs> they, they they uh they did a they did a, they, they did an online communication game with no communication. Uh <laughs> It just didn't. It just didn't make sense. So uh, and then the gameplay, the, the gameplay was horrible. Uh, the gunplay was horrible. Uh, clearly, it was the development company. You know, the way again, the biggest piece of shit. I, and I contradict myself earlier. I said, "Oh, you know, you could say some games not great, but this game was just horrible." And it was obviously Nintendo went. Look, these people went. We need an online shooter. And it was probably spat out in six months, and it was just horrible. It was just such a shame because it could have been something so so great. It 
could have been an established. Then you look at Splatoon. That could have been the Splatoon back then. I know, but so they just Nintendo was missing. Did they so, just let the ball that's, drop? That's mine. Um, you mentioned the game being refunded. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a story. Trigger the thought. I've only refunded one game in my lifetime. Okay. And it's another. It's another Wii game. <laughs> and I think if I ever see it again, I have to buy it because it was so bad. Okay. Uh, I was in a Wii Wii forum back in the day called WeTalk.net. W-I-I Talk. Net. I was very heavily active in this forum, and a game came out called Endless Ocean. Yes. And everybody was talking online about how good Endless Ocean was. And it was basically you're in an ocean and you went around taking photographs of animals, but there was like a treasure hunt as well. And everybody on this forum was so, oh my God, this is so good. And it was only 20 quid. What a great value. So I got fell, I fell into the online board hype. Hmm. Now, where I lived at the time, I lived in the city center and I lived literally a 30 second walk away from HMV. So I went down to HMV, paid the 20 quid, got the game, put it on the house. And uh, it was horrible. You could you could wave to people and draw on the sand and take photographs of goldfish. I played it for ten minutes. Went back down and was all here. Uh, I got that ten months ago, but the girl just rang me saying she's already got it. Buy that in the bar. Hey, there you go. Sorted. <laughs> I, it's funny because I, so, I I still have my copy. It's on, like I have it in the game room, <laughs> and I'm just thinking now. I'm like, yeah, probably I'll never get played again. Just I'll keep it just for I, a laugh. Uh, I should get a, I should get a photo taken with it. Should <laughs> I, I get a lot of stick about it to this if, day? If you're, <laughs> if you're down in, if you're down around my neck of the woods, we'll get you a photograph yep. with, with your with your Definitely. most fucking with a shit game. But anyway, so we have two voice questions. Yes, you said, yeah. Thank you very much, Simon, for that question. But we have two voice questions as well. We'll move on to the first one of which was left by Peter Ferry. And he has a relation, by the way. He's my cousin. There you go. <laughs> so Peter, take it away. Hi, Kieran and Dan. This is Dr. Pete. I'm not a real doctor, but um, don't tell anyone. Um, my question for you guys this week is inspired by my many, many, many children, um, who you guys have had a huge influence on uh, indirectly through this podcast. It's because of the podcast I've actually gone out and bought them a SNES Mini this summer, and they've discovered Mario, and it's been fantastic. Um, so last week I thought actually I would download them <coughs> illegally, um, Super Mario Brothers and after about 15 minutes they all stood up they turned to me and said daddy this is shit and they all walked out and went to play fire matches uh, on WWE and the PS4 so my question for you guys is what do you guys think is the best uh, movie adaptation of a video game of all time or indeed the worst um, cheers chat to you guys soon that was a swerve of a question. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't going where we thought it was going. No, it didn't at all. But <laughs> but at the same time, I will I, I I respect that story. That was great. Fire matches in WWE was, are definitely something that people need to play it was more just, of. Uh, it's like I went to the shop and uh, doing the dishes. <laughs> it was just completely. Hey, so complete like, what, what do you think? What do you think of the? What do you think of the the fall of the fucking? <laughs> whatever I think he sounded very sad as well so I hope you're okay Peter. I'd be sad I mean, too if my if, if my kids said Mario was shit and then went to play fire matches I'd be I'd be quite raging but in saying that though uh, the uh, I'll let you go first yes movie movie tie-ins I I actually had an answer but I forgot it so well, I'll give you my movies yes 
So my movie tie-ins for the best movie tie-in was Goldeneye on the N64. Amen. My worst movie tie-in was 007 Goldeneye on the PS3. Hey, the remake that wasn't a remake they, that was a the remake. The remake that wasn't remade it, and it was a Call of Duty game, and they just they didn't know what they were doing, and I, they just forgot the reasons why Goldeneye was so special in the first place, and they just ruined it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's just it, my, they just saw they just saw hype and just went for the yeah. hype, and that was about it. Exactly. And it exactly. made no sense. Um, one for me that I want to kind of like mention as being like a really good sort of like movie tie-in was any any of the uh, Lord of the Rings games, specifically the Lord of the Rings, the two towers on PlayStation Two. My yeah. God, I I know what I, know what it is. I think that that game was just, it was just like a diamond in the rough. It was just one of these things. Like, I don't think they ever intended it to be as good as it was, but something happened, like a star twinkled just in the right place in the sky. And you know what I mean? The wind was blowing the right direction that day whenever they were burning at the dusk. And just something happened. Some some cosmic shift happened. And that game was just unbelievable. There was like, I think there was Magic. an upgrade system and it was great. And there was like a, there was a, like a horde mode and it was fucking brilliant. And the story was, I mean, well, it was the two towers, like you knew the story, but it was presented brilliant. The levels were interesting. It was just one of these games. If you're looking for like, you know, a wee hidden gem of a movie tie-in, Lord of the Rings, two towers for PS2 is unbelievable. And your worst? My worst? Well, Jesus, probably... Iron Man, or else any of the Transformers games on Xbox 360. They're fucking terrible. They were so bad. I, it was just... Like I say, I, I have this thing in my head where like I want to like, play as a superhero, and especially Iron Man. I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say Iron Man. The Iron Man movie tie-in, the first one, was fucking terrible. Because I, I've always said that if I was to be a superhero, you know, some people are always like, oh, I'd be Superman or Batman. I, I'd be Iron Man, 100%. And specifically because of one reason. Do you remember that scene in Tony Iron Stark. Man 2? What, sorry? Tony Stark. Hey, Tony Stark. Do you know that scene in Iron Man 2 where he's like pissed and he's in the suit and he's got yeah. the helmet off and he like throws the watermelon up and fucking blows it up in front of everybody? And, you know what I mean? He's That's just right, showing yeah. That would be me. Like That's the way I would be as a superhero. I wouldn't have a fucking secret identity. And I, because I, I can't keep a secret. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I would be Tony Stark, not because like oh yeah. Playboy Manchester. No, just I because he's just a fucking madman that just doesn't know how to be a superhero. But he's got enough money and he's cocky enough that he'll do it. It's like that's it. So whenever an Iron Man game comes out, I'm like, I need to play it. I need to get on it because I want that feeling of being Iron Man, even if it's just vicariously through playing a game. And it just didn't yeah. do it. It was clunky. It was slow. It was. It just didn't give me that 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 feeling that I really wanted. Ironically, one game did give me that feeling I was looking for, and it was the best Iron Man game ever, and it was uh, Lego Marvel Superheroes. Oh, what a game. The a best game. feeling. Just whenever you jump and the you have that Superman A game button. we ever got. Uh, yeah, so, so good. Any of those Lego hero games, just fucking amazing. But anyways, so, that, so good. thank you very much, Peter, for the question. We're going to move on to our, our last question, which literally came in as I was sending you Peter's audio for the first question so this is like split new hot fresh off the anchor app fresh. question fresh and this one was sent in by rambo i really hope that's your real name because that would be fucking brilliant but this question is 
for, about HD remasters from Rambo. Yes, boys. Uh, Rambo here, long-time listener. You know yourselves. Uh, just wondering your guys' uh, take on HD remasters. You know, are we actually getting like a carefully curated and restored piece of game in history that we all loved? Or are we just getting sold the same shite twice? So, thank you very much, Rambo, for sending on that question. The question... The, I, for me, I think HD remasters can go one of two ways. There are some really, really fantastic ones like Crash Bandicoot that really like give you a new kind of spin or like any of the Ratchet and Clank ones that, that were remade because they kind of make you feel like you were, you know, it feels like they, they, they took the bad bits and made them better or they fixed all the stuff that needed fixed. But at the same time, there are some remasters that are just not worth the fucking disc they're printed on. They're literally just upscales yeah. to give you more money. Like Final Fantasy X's remake, like, doesn't add on or doesn't fix any of the problems. Sky- now, Skyrim's one, now I love Skyrim, but Skyrim's remaster, the special edition, didn't fix any of the bugs that Skyrim, or like, there really? were still major bugs that made its way through all that. So, I think that your question, I both agree and disagree, which I know is a cop out answer. But I think that, yes, some remasters can be the definitive way of playing a game. But I think that you should always approach a remaster with caution and make sure that it's not just a a tie-in, you know, just a cash grab. What about you? It is a double-edged sword. I mean, you mentioned Crasher. Shadow of Colossus is an R one where it's just, like, remade from the ground up. I mean, if it's remade, definitely, definitely. But then you look at, like, remasters of, like, Silent Hill HD collection or Jumeir oh. Anniversary where it was just straight ports. I mean, the graphics were horrible. They just upped the resolution. It was just horrible and nasty. And, you know, if you're introducing this to somebody who's never played it before, you know, don't. It's it's just not nice. I mean, but if they're doing it properly... But again, you have remasters from the PS3 and 360 that are just straight ports of amazing games like like the Bio- Bioshock collection. I mean, oh, the moves yeah, are just straight sure. ports. But I was so happy because I got to play them on my modern consoles. And if they brought them out in the PS5, I'd be a sucker and buy them again. That so and some of those remasters, game. some of those remasters are really good as well in that they're the only physical way of getting the DLC. Yeah, that's true, exactly. But So I'm kind of probably one of the reasons to blame because no matter how many times, I will purchase it every time. So, yeah. so I'm so Rambo. I'm part of the re- I'm part of the problem rather the solution. <laughs> so I apologize. And what's and what's that? What we'll do is we'll bring this episode there close. Thank you, Rambo and Peter, for sending on voice questions, and thank you, Eamon, for sending on a question as well. If you want your question to be played on the the podcast, make sure they uh, they leave a comment wherever. But uh, if you want to hear yourself and ask us a question directly, make sure to go to the Anchor app where you can record your question. If you want to speak to either of us directly, you can uh, you can reach me on Twitter at HarryAtomicYT. If you want to reach Daniel on Twitter, you can get you at Ferryman5000. Ferryman5000. So, thanks very much for listening, guys, and we'll chat to you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye.